Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host and once again, thrilled to be with you. The quote today is actually from our wonderful guest. He didn't say it, but he gave it to me. So we're excited to uh, share his take on it later in the show. The quote is, in order to find new lands, one must be willing to lose sight of the shore on Begid. And I love that one. It's been one of my favorites through the years. This guest today is amazing, and I really think you're going to enjoy him. Paul Bigham is a lifelong entrepreneur who has worked in both sides of the employee founder role and operated his direct response consulting firm for over 38 years. Along with online and offline commercial marketing, Paul's firm specializes in helping international nonprofits raise funds for their stated purpose for existence. Over the years, he has raised in excess of $2.2 billion for nonprofits. He has a BBA from SMU in Dallas, an MBA from SMU, law degree from Texas A&M, and a host of other postgraduate studies and accreditations. He also teaches marketing, consumer behavior, and professional development at the University of Texas at Dallas, plus retail and communication design at SMU. He is a busy man. His new book about the neuroscience of decision-making, problem-solving, and critical thinking is under development through his other company, The Bigham Academy. I am very happy to introduce you to Paul Bigham. How are you, Paul? I am doing well, Heather, and I'm just going to get better. <laughs> of course you are. We're going to have a fun conversation. I'm to, looking forward to it. Yeah, to stimulate our listeners' imagination as well as their ability to move from fear to fire. Tell me a little bit more about you know, your extensive experience before I dive into some specific questions about you know, the, the business and what you're doing now. How did you get to where you are? Yeah, it's a, a pattern of uh, missteps and a pattern <laughs> of steps and uh, a pattern of wishes and hopes and fears and excitements and uh, some things working out and some things not working out. And it's it's really being able to take pleasure in the journey rather than the destination. And I, I, I gave up the destination a long time back and just started focusing on the journey because, because I wasn't always making the stops that I wanted on the, uh, to get that destination. So I just started learning to, to like the journey. Oh, well, that is brilliant because every day, if we are focusing so much on what's in the future or what's in the past, we're not happy. And when you're enjoying the journey, you're present, you're present with it. And I love that. So it sounds to me like you're human. You, you say you've had missteps and you've made mistakes and fears and as well as all of the great stuff that has happened. So it's good to know that you're human. <laughs> so what do you think that most entrepreneurs or anyone, what do you think that they most want and strive for? 
Well, I think the thing that we, we seek, and, and this typically comes in a conversation with entrepreneurs, but the more that I deal with it and the more I look at it, I think it's really about everybody. And it's the, the freedom of time mm-hmm. and the freedom of money, the freedom of relationships and the freedom of purpose. Uh, it, it's really to be free to do what we feel good about doing. And if we have a sense of our calling, I, I, I'm not completely sure that there's a, a pin dot calling I'm more of the thinking that the calling in our life is more of an evolution rather than one specific thing uh, in in time. So I think it's seeking that freedom, uh, the freedom to be who we are, to be all of who we are. The one of my um, personal little uh, drives that I work on is is to just be the best Paul Bigham in the world, yeah. and that's something that I seek to do. And when I teach with my students at the University of Texas at Dallas or at SMU. One of the things that I encourage them to do is just be the best of who you are. Make that a lifelong goal. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. Uh, matter of fact, there, in my opinion, there is no perfect. Uh, I think it's just progress. Uh, seek progress and not seek perfection, uh, perfection uh, as you go along. So uh, I, I think pursuing that freedom, that's what I, I, I feel for myself and what I hear from other people. I do hear that a lot and I feel it very deeply. It's one of the reasons why I started my business 25 years ago. I think freedom is is very important and particularly those four areas that you mentioned, time, money, relationships, and purpose. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. So is there one most important thing that someone needs to protect? Yeah, I I think so, Heather. There are many many things in our entrepreneurial journeys are, are valuable. And we talk about cash flow, which is, which is always important because when you're out of cash, you're out of business. And mm-hmm. those are really important things to, to consider. I, overall, I think confidence is the main thing. If you can keep your confidence in what you're doing, it doesn't mean certainty. It doesn't mean without doubt. It doesn't mean without fear. It doesn't mean without anything. It just means keeping the confidence that you're moving forward. Did it be in a known right direction? Matter of fact, I had one of my students um, came to me and said, uh, I just want to make sure I'm on the right path. Mm. I said, there is no right path. There's just the path that you're on and keep determining which way you're going. So keep the confidence that you're moving forward. And even if it's a couple of steps backwards, keep that confidence. It's very, very important to protect that. Uh, When you lose it, that's when the spiral starts and it's very difficult to get it back. You know, it's interesting because I have run into with so much uncertainty in the world, I've run into quite a few people who seem to have that that confidence wavering a bit right now. Do you do you have any specific strategies or ideas or one thing that you would tell them to help with this? Yeah, there there are a couple of things that I rely on and and one is that progress, not perfection. And that takes so much of the pressure off of uh, getting it right in quotes. Uh, that you have to be right on that. It's just making progress. Uh, there's, there's really, in my opinion, there's really no failure. There's only the loss of the situation or there's learning in every situation. <laughs> and I've certainly had my share of, of, the, of the failures and, and to be able to turn those into learning so that I do better with that experience the next time that I go down into a very similar situation. And then the other one that, that I, I think is just so important and I, I learned this through actually through trial and error, and it was a little bit through uh, some some acting 
classes and courses that I did, which are very instrumental. Let me just do a side note. Anytime that you can vary your experience level, whatever it is, acting or um, soap making or weaving or cliff jumping or whatever, just get a bunch, as many different experiences as you can, because throughout life, you're generally going to be able to reach into your bag of experiences and pull those out and through there. So so with that, I, I've developed this concept of everything is just practice. I'm just practicing for the next thing that comes along. And it's amazing how much stress that takes off when you're going in to ask for a raise. Just This is just practice. When you're going in to pitch for a, a new account uh, for your nonprofit, or you're going to the bank to try to get money, which is the real challenge, uh, is it just keep that mental thought that this is just practice. I'm going into practice and I'll learn from it. And the next time I go to the bank or go to ask for a raise or ask for a date or whatever it might be, just practice. And, and I, I encourage, and so a lot of people will say, oh, I, I get this deep feeling of guilt or shame and I can't ask and I don't know what to do and I get locked up. And I say, practice your practice. Uh-huh. And if it's as simple as when you go to Starbucks, just say, may I have an extra napkin? That's all you need to do and just keep doing. The more you ask for an extra napkin, the easier it will be down the line to ask for a raise or a date or the bank loan or whatever. I love that. It's all just practice. I think that eases so much stress, so much pressure that people put on themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that very much. And I always love when we can offer something that our listeners can take away and do right away. And that is a great one. So on this life journey, what perspective do you use to measure whether how you're doing on it? Well, it, um, I, I like this concept of, of the gap. Dan Sullivan, uh, a strategic coach and a, a couple of other people use this. Uh, it's the gap It's to always plan forward and to always measure backwards because if you're always measuring forward you will never get there uh, the the horizon you never catch the horizon uh, a good example I, I like to use if you're going cross country from say orlando to los angeles you leave orlando and you get to tallahassee and you go wow i'm only at tallahassee la is still a long way away mississippi and louisiana and texas and mexico and it's that never-ending challenge but if you're in tallahassee and you look back and go hey i've already come three four hours five hours whatever it is from orlando to tallahassee and you can credit that as success and that's progress and then you get to new orleans you look all the way back and you get to dallas you look back you get to albuquerque you look back and to Phoenix and you look back and it makes, and then the shift of what you've done is much greater than what's not done in in the forward. So always plan forward and measure backwards um, in that area. It's such a, another one of those uh, stress reducers and uh, perfection mitigators in our life that, that lets us move forward with confidence. I like that a lot. Now, you had mentioned once before something about the, the future being bigger than the past. Is that the same concept, the same idea that, or is there more to that? There, there's a little bit more to it. It, it all fits together in that. And uh, I believe in being a lifetime learner. Mm-hmm. 
as you mentioned uh, a little earlier, and it's in some of our profiles, I, I've got a, a, an MBA and a, a BBA MBA and a law degree. And I, I probably spend anywhere from 50 to $100,000 a year on my education, my ongoing education in and through there. So I just, I keep looking for new things to learn, new things to enjoy, new things to experience. Uh, I'm, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always amazed at how much I don't know when I found out about things that I didn't know previously. And it's like, whoa, I didn't know that was out there. That's really fun to, to find out. Uh, I just went to, Se to Sequoia National Park. And I uh, saw so General Sherman Tree, which unfortunately, is, uh, as we say this, is under uh, peril right now with the, the fires that are going out mm -hmm. in Sequoia Valley. But just to look at that huge, huge tree, largest living thing on earth. Uh, and, and I've seen a lot of trees and I've seen a lot of bushes and a lot of pictures of trees. But I've never seen anything as big or as majestic at that. It's just awe-inspiring. There, there's a, a sense of uh, and I don't say this in a, a self-deprecating way, but there's there's a sense of looking at things that where you just say, I'm not as significant as I thought I was. Right. And you look at those kind of things. And again, that's not to devalue us, not to minimize our, our worth as human beings and creatures of God in that area. It's just to look at some other things and go, wow, that's, that's awe-inspiring. That's really bigger. So just trying to make tomorrow bigger than yesterday. Try to find uh, new things to do. Lifetime learning, uh, insatiable curiosity. I love that. You know, I, I'm I'm curious myself and my my co-author in the book that we're launching very mm -hmm. soon is 92, and I learn curiosity from him every day, just like what you're talking about. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say things aren't going well for our listeners. Uh, maybe it's not the way that they had planned it. And they're, they're starting to do that, that aspect of beating themselves up. You, you know what I'm talking about. The, how, how, do we, how do we keep from doing that? Do you have any experience in that arena? Could you share what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, the, you know, certainly I've had my share of it for, for sure. And it's, um, let's see if I can say this with as much humility as I can, it's, it's, it didn't, it's not a natural thing. It's not a natural thing. Uh, I, my opinion, and those of you who are listening, this doesn't apply to, then it doesn't apply to you. My, my opinion is we all suffer from childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And there are things that are shame core that we have to deal with, things that we feel like we're insignificant or less than or not perfect or mom didn't love us or dad didn't love us or whatever it is in that particular situation, uh, that, that there's that core of self-doubt that goes through there. So it's, it's a learned experience and it's changing those um, messages that, that come to, to me. I would just, I'll just keep it into me. And if it fits for anybody else, it fits for anybody else is, is to keep giving myself the, um, the privilege, the privilege to, to be human, the privilege to, to not being perfect. Again, going back to uh, making progress, not perfection on that. Uh, that all of my failures are, and there are plenty, that they are many learning experiences that I built on. And, and each one helps, like I was saying about practice, each one makes the next one better in and through there. And uh, that's why I like the, the concept of, of problem solving is that the more you can learn about problem solving, the easier it is to deal with life 
uh, in those situations and just uh, to keep from getting down on yourself. And another way to do it is to find somebody to, to share the ride with, uh, to, to find out that you're not the only one that's going to that situation, fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year. And, and even though there was very good content in it, the main thing I got out of it was like therapy. It was like I would go to this group of entrepreneurs and everybody else is fighting the same battles. Now, often on the show, I will ask about a, a fear to fire experience, something where you had to go through a challenge, um, a fear that you had, something that you overcame and that you learned from. Do you have a story? Yes, uh, there, there are, I have many. Uh, one in particular is when I had left, um, it was during a down, an economic downturn, and I was still with my agency, still had my agency, and I had to make that decision to continue on with the agency or to take a break and move over to a, uh, a, a job, become an employee. It was, it was a difficult thing to do, but it was a very good adult thing to do. And I learned a great deal from that. As a matter of fact, if I hadn't made that change, and you, you'd ask earlier about how do we get to where we are, this is one of those uh, course corrections or, um, or forks in the road that happens. And if I hadn't made that change, I sincerely believe I would not have raised over $2.2 billion to help feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked, and heal the sick. It came out of that change of working with an organization for five years. And then shortly after that, and I got fired from that particular situation and uh, quickly went back into business for myself and quickly, uh, thank God, picked up uh, three new accounts all from the same organization. They had three different groups within this organization. And for the first six months I was there, it was like, I couldn't make a mistake. I mean, they would lay palm leaves in front of me when I would come down. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was that kind of a situation. It was always the last Paul, the last Paul, the last Paul. So six months into it, they asked me to come and become executive vice president. And it was a, it was a real struggle to go back into working with somebody, but there were a lot of reasons that I thought it was a good thing, including some things for my children. And I took it and six months later, I got fired. Mm -hmm. So going from palm leaves when I come into town to tar and feather, get out of town as quick as you can. And came back from that and um, uh, it, it actually got fired the morning that the, my moving truck had left Dallas going to Fort Lauderdale. And I'd even asked the head of the organization, I said, my, my truck's leaving this morning. Are we okay? Is everything okay? And the answer was yes. And three hours later, I was called in and fired and they had to stop my truck. And I think they finally caught up with it in Atlanta. And then a, a series of things coming back, going back, the tractor trailer turned over on Interstate 35, basically destroyed everything that we had in, in the truck, which was bad news and good news. The bad news is we lost everything. The good news is we got a lot of new stuff out of it and um, came back from it. And it, in a very quick sequence, I found another job right quick as a senior vice president with another agency. Within a week, I got laid off. Uh, they had, and one other writer and I came in as, as senior vice presidents at the same time, we both got laid off. But in that one week where I was employed by this other agency, a very good agency, uh, we had pitched an account and the account after we had to make the decision, the reason that I got laid off is that there were financial problems with the agency. 
And so we still had pitched the count and to our, our wonderful surprise, they came back and said, yes, we will give you our business. And at that point I took half of the account and the other, the agency I worked for took half of the account. And it's from there. And, and I stayed with that group for 17 years. And that very same week, I picked up another account, which I had for 24 years. And I picked up one other account, all these within one week. And I worked with them for 19 years mm-hmm. and in three there. And so all of that coming through that situation, there's that, that confidence and just keeping forward, working on practice, taking a step at a time, going into uncertainty, huge, huge uncertainty. I mean, I had bills, I had a lot of bills that uh, were, were stacked up uh, coming through there. And a, a series of things happened. The Murrah building went up in, in flames, uh, uh, was blown up, and we were very involved in that. The agency, the, the organization that I, I um, took as an account, we took them from 154th largest in America to the number one largest uh, nonprofit in America during that period of time. Uh, Oklahoma City tornado came through, two buildings fell in, in downtown uh, Manhattan and a bunch of other situations that I never could have anticipated and, and certainly, uh, God forbid, that they, if they could have been anticipated that it had anything to do to stop them, that they wouldn't have happened. But all of that happened in that situation. It's just staying on the path. It's just staying in there, fighting it out. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's what, what I call go, going forward when, when you just have got the frog wee-wee scared out of you. <laughs> you just keep going. And for, for those of you who are, are adventuresome and you pick up, they're actually not frogs, they're toads. And if you pick up a toad, you know, a toad, one of his defense mechanisms, it will urinate. And that the, the urine that comes out is what makes the fox or the skunk or the whatever animal that's trying to eat the, the frog makes a drop. And it's a very bitter, bitter taste. I haven't personally tried it, but I've, I've seen my <laughs> I've seen my my dogs immediately drop a toad when that happens. And so, uh, when you're that scared, you know, when you just have the frog wee squeezed out of you, to 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 keep going forward in it and uh, keep keep looking, keep keep moving forward on that. Uh, it's it's much easier to move something that's moving than something that's not moving. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the, I call it the Dory, you know, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Absolutely. Keep swimming. I love it. Now I, I, you know, I, I can imagine I'm, I'm a big purpose centered person. So I, I get a lot of pleasure and focus and motivation about something that's bigger than me. Right mm-hmm. now, when you are helping nonprofits to the degree that you have helped them, that must feel incredible. What do you What do you think um, is your your favorite part, or the part that you you know you struggle with? I mean, what what do you love and about the whole atmosphere of working with nonprofits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the nonprofits, and we've worked with them for a little over 38 years. And again, we raised uh, in excess of $2.2 billion. I've actually lost count of the change after the $2.2 billion, but we're still doing it. And by the end of the year, we'll be pretty close to $2.3 billion uh, this year. And uh, it, there are several things. Uh, Heather, there's one in particular that I remember asking one of the heads of of a nonprofit that I was working with, and he works with uh, international relief, and a lot of it is in Africa. And 
he's had children die in his arms uh, when he's been trying to work in just some tragic, tragic situations. And and I, re I remember asking him almost the same question, uh, Heather, and I just said, what, when you have children die in your arms, you know, how do you, how do you keep going with that? Mm -hmm. And he said, if I can just help one, I've none, I, I know I've done more than none. If I can just help one, one is always more than none. And that's kind of been my little anchor that, that I use uh, to, to raise the, fortunately, the amount of money we've been able to. And, and, and we do it through skill. It, you know, there, it's marketing, it's consumer behavior, and it's neuroscience. And uh, you, you work the disciplines on it. Uh, never, never once in $2.2 billion have I ever guilted anybody, shamed anybody, forced anybody, coerced anybody. Uh, pressured anybody. Uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, it, it comes, there's a very simple three basic foundations for that is one, you look for cheerful givers, people who want to give. Two, you look for people who have something to give, not from what they don't have, but from what they do have. And you look for people who feel like it's a privilege to give. And we just match opportunity with resources, the basic marketing uh, definition that I teach in all of my, my classes at UTD is marketing is just matching resources with, with uh, desire, with an opportunity or a need. And so you have people who want to give and we present a good story and tell them the facts and the figures and the truth and the credibility and the transparency. And then they respond in through there. You know, I've been over into Kiev uh, three hours out into the little shtetls, the little German communities with the Holocaust survivors. And People are just uh, alone by themselves, cold, no running water, no toilet, no CVS around the corner to get uh, prescriptions if they're sick, very, very isolated. And to go out and to, to be in their homes with them when it's five below zero and you're, you're walking through snow to get up to their little, little hobbles, that actually it, it, many of them just have corn husk around the outside for insulation of hobbles. And, you're, and you walk there with a very hopeful attitude. It's a very depressing uh, feeling when you walk out of there, but you always know that you've done a little more than they had before you got there because uh, you take food in or, or, or um, fuel for heating or, or medicine or whatever it is in that area. And and so my my job is to raise the funds so that people other people can go out and feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked and heal the sick, and in winter, warm the cold. And in through there. So that's that's the joy that I get out of it. It sounds incredibly rewarding. Now, you also do a lot with decision-making, problem-solving, and critical thinking. Uh, is there a, a process or a system or anything that you can share with us that might help our listeners? Yeah, Heather, there's, there's something that we've come up with. It's a, it's a five-step process. And what, what we typically find, procrastination is, is a big part of decision-making. It's, mm. it's just that fear of doing something or the, 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 the resistance of doing something you don't want to do. And frequently the reason you don't want to do it is that you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. And uh, so finding out what you do know, what you can, there is a process to help eliminate some of those um, sticking points or roadblocks. And, and number one is to define the situation. Uh, is it really your problem? Is it a problem? And does it need to be solved? And how much of it does it need to be solved? And who needs to solve it? And do you need to solve it now? And go through some, some basic questions like that. Plan is the next part of it. Just plan out where you want to go, what you want to do. General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower has a, 
uh, a, a great saying. It says the, the plan is worthless. The planning is essential. So mm-hmm. it's the planning part of it that helps you get to where you want to do. And then you collect your information, whatever resources that you have that you can get. And sometimes you can get a lot of information. Sometimes you can't get a lot. And then organize it and put it together and avoid information overload that can stop somebody from making a decision. And then put it together and act, you know, move forward, take it. Again, it's practice, uh, it's progress, it's not perfection. And you make adjustments from there and go forward. So basically that's it. You know, you decide, you plan, you collect, you organize, and then you act. Fantastic. Thank you. That's really helpful. And I think that that probably ties in to the gift that you were so generous and offering to our listeners. Could you, could you tell people about this ultimate guide to making better decisions? Mm-hmm. You bet. You know, it's something we put together, the ultimate guide to making better decisions. And again, the, the title is specific. It's not making the best decision. We don't really think that that's something to pursue. We think it's self-sabotage. Don't pursue the best, pursue a better decision. And you go through there. So it's a, it's a handbook. Uh, we go through each of the five steps and we have uh, a series of questions in each one of them that you can ask yourself that'll help you move along. And then at the back, we've got, uh, I think it's nine different pages of little guides and work through uh, sheets that'll help you move forward. Uh, it, it, even something as simple as just the line down the middle of the page with the good on the left and the bad on the right. Even something like that will help you move forward in making decisions and solving problems and facilitate the critical thinking. So it's my gift and I hope everybody can use it. I would just, the only thing I would ask is uh, when you do get it and you look through it, just send me a note back and tell me if it worked for you, if it didn't work for you or some way that we can improve it. I'm always about improving and would appreciate uh, thoughts and and hopefully it it helps, uh, helps move you down the road. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. And it to learn more, we'll have the link for the free offer as well as a link. Um, but I want to let you guys know that it's bighamagency.com, B-I-G-H-A-M agency.com. But we'll put that in the show notes as well. So you can find Paul if there's anything that you'd like to follow up with him on, ask him any questions. He seems to be an open book and he's helped us so much so far. So Paul, I told you that this was going to fly by. But I do want to come back because the reason why we started with that quote was because you and I agreed that it was both it was one of both of our favorites. Right. So could you share your your thoughts on how you incorporate it into your life? I guess I'll repeat it again. In order to find new lands, one must be willing to lose sight of the shore. That's right. And for a very long time. And that's that's one of the um, among the many things that I use to give me space and permission and um, room, frontier, uh, um, um, a, an unmapped chart to go after is that thought of it, it may take a long time to get there. It may not be as fast as I want. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. It's never as fast as I want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> on that and just having that uh that anchor point that someone else is thinking and understanding that in order to find new lands you must be willing to lose sight of the shore for a very long time and that goes when you're when you're repositioning or you're doing a pivot in life or mm-hmm. or you've had a major tragedy you know a, a divorce or a death or a loss of a job or a company going under or 
whatever it, it might be in, in that situation. And then sometimes on, on the very positive side, sometimes there are just too many things to do. You can get overloaded with opportunity. And it's, it's just that awareness that there are some uncharted areas out there and you may need to be at sea for a long time before you see some land. Keep looking for the dove with the, the olive branch that'll, mm-hmm. that'll indicate there's dry land and keep sailing. Uh, the other one I say is sails up. Keep those sails up. Keep swimming if you're a fish underneath. And if you're in a boat above, keep your sails up. Just keep moving forward. Paul, this has been amazing, both inspirational and filled with some nuggets that people can take action on. I so appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Listeners, definitely take advantage of his uh, generous free offer. It's great, great guide. And uh connect with Paul. Paul, thank you. You bet, Heather. Have a wonderful day, everyone.